welcome to your Fiercely Fabulous Life podcast. I'm Shelley Qualtieri, your host. This podcast was created for you, the woman who wants more in her life, for her family, and in her relationships. We're going to spend time creating inspiration and motivation while providing you with tangible, practical strategies and tools for your life to find greater happiness, love, and fulfillment. I will provide you with real-life takeaways that have you not only thinking about, but taking action to create your fiercely fabulous life. Now let's get started. Yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to your Fiercely Fabulous Life podcast. Today, we have a wonderful guest, Nicole, who is a social worker on the team of Shelley Qualtarian Associates. So I'm super excited for everybody to get to know her a little bit today. Today, Nicole is just going to share with us a little bit about who she is, some of the areas she practices in, and for you to get to know her a little bit. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. So I've given just a tiny little intro of who you are, but why don't you let people know a bit about you, who you are, what are some of the things you love to do? I know there's some country music and some puppies in the mix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Isn't that the question that everyone loves to answer? <laughs> it's so broad, right? And we yes. all have that, uh, like we all kind of gravitate towards those like um, labels of like, what we do for a career, right? So, yes. and then we all have it's so complex because then we're thinking, okay, yeah, no, we're supposed to answer with different qualities, right? So, <laughs> I think we're all like, okay, so so then actually, how do we answer? So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess by profession, I'm a registered social worker, so I support people with various different mental health. Um, symptoms, kind of goals. I mean, in that way, that's that's the professional side of me. Um, but otherwise, I would say that I am, I think I would say I'm just a person who likes to keep it lighthearted, really, truly. And I think you see that when you interact with me, no matter what setting it is. Um, I'm I'm kind of silly, like how I already started off. I'm usually laughing. Um, I'm usually smiling. And uh, sometimes, I guess, you know, given the nature of what we do, sometimes some of that seems a little bit not fitting. But that is that is just at the core who I am. You know, I really... I really like to meet the core essence of people and I really enjoy being in the presence of people and getting to know someone. And so that's what brings out the smile in me. So it's when you see the smile and you're like, why is she smiling at this very serious moment? It's because I just, I see you, I see you. And I think, yes, you know what, this is something you're going through and we're going to help you move through it. So, um, yeah when you meet me in person or virtually, uh, now you know kind of what to expect. A little bit of silliness, but just being playful. Yeah. And you know, I love that because there's a few things you said. One, like we tend to go into the professional of who we are. And sometimes we forget that there is this whole other side that maybe our clients do want to know a little bit about. So we can engage, so we can connect in different ways. But I find it very similar when we have somebody 
in our office or on our screen when we're meeting with them is that they're kind of defining themselves by the problem or the issue or the challenge that they're facing because they're meeting with us. But you and I both as, you know, social workers and as therapists really want to get to know them as a whole and who they are. Their problem is only one tiny piece of their whole life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I think that it's so important for people to know that when they do meet with us, when they do sit down, you know, with you or myself, that it's really important to know that, yes, there's hard, tricky, sticky things, but therapy doesn't always have to feel hard. There can be some lightness and some smiles around it. Like what are your thoughts around that? Yes, absolutely. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's kind of interesting because as I heard you talk, I was picturing it's almost like going into a doctor's office with a physical ailment. And it's like, I'm just going to lay out my symptoms and lay out my problems so I can get a solution. And b- perhaps that's kind of how we generally like as a client when we're going to therapy, because we've been going through something for so long and because it takes so much to get connected with somebody that maybe that's kind of what prompts us to uh, present things in that way, right? And to kind of be serious and get right to it. Um, So yeah, so I really enjoy slowing the process down and building that rapport with someone, getting to know them, creating a safe space so that you can feel comfortable sharing all of that because you don't have to. (laughs) You don't have to, right? And so... I think that that's really important too. Uh, So often we come and we want to share everything right away because we want help, rightfully so. But I I would like people to know that you get to feel comfortable. And if you don't feel comfortable, then we, we can look at a referral with somebody else, somewhere else, you know, whatever might be a better fit, right? So, so yes, it's, uh, um, important to take the time to get to know each other really. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that sometimes from my experiences with people, when they've come and they've had other therapy experiences, they leave my office saying like, Oh, well, I actually feel a lot better. That wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. So with, um, us, you are strictly virtual. So share with people a little bit about that aspect and why you're only virtual, but also how amazing you are to be also working in Alberta. Yes, absolutely. So that's actually kind of fun. So I'm only virtual because I'm actually physically located in Ontario. So as much as I love working in person, (laughs) I can't because I in Ontario um that's just um just kind of kind of neat and I always kind of appreciate a person that is okay with that is okay with well we probably will never meet in person but they still really want to work with me um yeah so I guess I don't know what uh what more is there to share about that 
Yeah. How do you create some safety for people? Because we can't be physically in an office together. How do you do that a little bit online? I mean, I know virtual has been a space and a place since COVID, right? And people are getting more used to it. But how do you do that? I mean, I feel that safety and I feel that connection when I talk to you virtually. So how do you kind of develop that for people Hmm. when like they're brand new, maybe brand new to therapy, maybe brand new to you? How do you create a little bit of that online? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. It's kind of one of those questions that's hard to put into words. Um, for me, I think information is key in in a lot of scenarios, actually, right? So when we have enough information or the right information, then we can feel better and safer about the anything really the in the process. So I always like to make sure that I'm very transparent. I explain everything. Um, you know, I, I go over confidentiality again, even though like we're all fairly used to the word confidentiality. Um, I like to explain, you know, what does my setting look like? Where am, where am I kind of located kind of, um, paint that picture for someone and also them as well. Right. Like really assess like, um, okay, so because we're doing this virtually and it's our only option, do you actually have safety and confidentiality or are we just trying to make it fit, right? So really assessing that and making sure that we we are both truly comfortable in that process. And then if something comes up, okay, well, then how do we make that a little bit safer or a little more confidential? What can we do, right? And so just because we only have the option of virtual. Okay, but what do we have available to us? How can we make that comfortable? Mm-hmm. So I always like to really thoroughly assess that, you know, and what's that going to look like? And how can you contact me? You know, I'm all the way over here in Ontario and there's a, a time difference. So how can you contact me? Um, I always make people aware of that. I always let people know that the time change is my responsibility. So when we're talking or scheduling something, I always remind them that we are talking in mountain time mm-hmm. rather than <laughs> Eastern time, which is in Ontario. So I don't, uh, I don't put that burden on my clients because it can be tricky <laughs> trying to go back and forth. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think just just being really open, honest, transparent, answering any questions that a client might have. Yeah, absolutely. And there are some people that love virtual and they don't want to go back to in-person sessions. And I think that's amazing for us because now we get to experience an amazing therapist like you over here that we couldn't a few years ago, which is amazing. So let's talk a little bit about some of your passion areas. Let's just touch on a couple of them um, for today because we'll do more podcasts down the track, but you really enjoy working with men and some of the issues around men and the stigma that comes up with that and therapy. So talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. how you support them and what may be some of the areas you do support men with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you know, I find that it's it's very similar to the conversation that we were having about safety. So really 
really creating that um, non-judgmental space for the person to share what is going on with them. And also knowing that I am not here to change a person, right? So I find that really letting men know that this is really about honoring who they are and where they're at and not about changing them, right? So um, a lot of the times, all of us really just need a safe space to share that we are going through something. And so I find that once we can offer that to people who identify as men, then they can kind of like relax their shoulders and say, okay, so then I really just need to learn this, right? So I just, I really just need to tweak this, right? Versus coming in and saying you're, you're doing everything wrong and we need to change everything about you. No, that's not the case. It's not the case at all. So um, that's, you know, that's why I've, I've really enjoyed working with men actually. Yeah, because there still is a lot of stigma around men and mental mm-hmm. health and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, I guess, topics, areas, challenges that that we have seen fairly consistently is within their marriages or their relationships mm-hmm. and how to maybe connect with their partner or deal with some of that conflict that might be feeling uncomfortable for them how to talk about their emotions when it feels like that's not okay to do. And sometimes, lots of times men are very like, let's fix it based. And then the women want the feeling space. So just being able to say like, you're totally great and amazing in what you do, but how do we build that toolbox a little bit more? And that doesn't just come from you being the only person in a relationship, parenting challenges, grief and loss. There's so many pieces that come, come to that where we want to have this safe space for men. Yes, 100% couldn't agree with you more. And, um, you know, just just creating that space for them as well, right? So I think there's this, you know, by the time a man gets to counseling, I think there's this kind of maybe this vibe that they need to change something really drastically or they need to do something totally differently or, you know, there's going to be you know, it's, it's really about whatever feedback they were getting. Now they have to implement that. Right. And so it's for me, it's really about, okay, well, let's take that feedback and information into consideration and blend it with who you are, because who you are still deserves a space in this relationship too. If you're coming with a relationship Mm -hmm. issue, right? So it's sure you're, might say, oh, you're doing X, Y, and Z wrong, and please go to therapy to change it. And I would say, okay, so we have some goals. And who are you? Because we still need you and the essence of who you are to be part of this relationship dynamic as well. Yeah. And it's also teens, right? You do work with with teens, boys and girls or they, them, however we identify, um, we support yep. individuals. Um, and so you do work with, with those teenage guys as well um, that, yes. you know, sometimes come with very similar challenges and expectations from their parents or friends. Yes, 
Absolutely. Yep. Uh, you know, and it's somewhat similar. I would say that it's, you know, most people really want to be seen for who they are, be seen and heard for who they are. Mm -hmm. And some of us are still in the process of discovering that. And so sometimes that's more of the focus when we're working with teens is like, wait a minute, you know, I, I have this kind of idea of who I am, but I'm meeting all of these challenges in my external world and I'm getting all this feedback. And, and now I'm like, Hmm, you know, how do I navigate that? So it's really about kind of creating that um, almost like confidence about who they are, those qualities that they want to embody and feeling kind of safe to do so and then how to navigate that. Mm -hmm. Let's jump into a little bit of your modalities or the the type of therapy that you use. Because you use a couple of different ones um, and some people may know a lot about them and other people may have no idea. So just touch on the type of therapy that you, you offer. Yeah. So I'm formally trained in cognitive behavior therapy. And so I think, I think, uh, well, (laughs) I'm, I'm trained in both of what I would call like the buzzwords for therapy, cognitive behavior therapy and EMDR. And EMDR is a mouthful to say, so I'm just going to leave it at EMDR. <laughs> but um, so I'm formally trained in both of those modalities. And um, both of those modalities use very specific, uh, they're, they're very, they use very specific tools, I guess you could say. So with CBT, it's really looking at um, a person's cognitions. So those are your thoughts, your emotions your behaviors and how those all intertwine. And it uses different skills to help a person uh, modify their thoughts if they need to, or in theory, their behaviors too, but uh, the behavior part of it's really more about um, testing some of those thoughts and beliefs that we have unless we're talking about behavior activation and depression. And so behavior activation, you know, to put it simply just means getting out there and doing things, right? Adding more activities to your life. So um, CBT is great because CBT allows for a really holistic approach. Um, It allows you to pull in from other theories, right? And other um, kind of tools that a person might want. So you know, the easiest way to think about that is like, you could really incorporate mindfulness and meditation, which I think a lot of people are really gravitating towards now to, to kind of find that um, inner sense of calm and balance and, and also for self-discovery. And then EMDR is, I guess, in a nutshell, like the kind of go-to trauma-based therapy it's, it's kind of the best way to describe it. Now, EMDR is more of a, I guess you could say body-based or somatic psychotherapy versus CBT, which would primarily be thought of as like a talk-based therapy, primarily, because there is the behavior experiments, which that's not talking, but anyway, so um, yeah, so um, body-based meaning we are 
um, in, in basically engaging your body, but specifically it would be either your eyes or we are doing a, a tapping movement to allow your kind of natural ability to process whatever it is that is stuck. So trauma is typically thought of as an event that happened that simply hasn't been processed. So we go through life and we experience many stressful things, right? But not every stressful thing or bad experience becomes a trauma because for whatever reason, we were able to process it and store it in our brain so that that's fine. We're not stuck on it. But with trauma, it doesn't get properly processed in the brain. It gets stuck and we need a little bit more help to process that so we can move forward. So that is kind of in a nutshell what EMDR helps a person do. But EMDR, we're finding that it's also good for a number of other things. Like EMDR can be good for actually um, building some so that's what I find really fun about it too. So um, just kind of building like your strength toolkit, for example. So yeah, that that's an interesting topic too. But I like yeah. to do that with with clients, build their strength tool toolkit. Yeah, which is a huge thing that we do, right? Because we set goals with our clients and we're very intentional about the way that we practice. We, you know, you, myself, Marisabel, you know, our yes. whole team, we are very focused on having people feel better, you know, as, and I don't want it to sound kind of um, shallow, but as quickly as they can. We don't believe they need to be going to right. therapy forever and ever and ever. And, you know, we want people to be able to set goals and understand their traumas and get to the root of things so that they can see what those strengths are and live that, that happy life. So that's another area that you do a lot of work in is people who are struggling with trauma, men, women, teens. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And the using EMDR, it blends really well with virtual, whereas sometimes a person, you know, for good reason, might not want to do that type of work in a virtual space. But EMDR is quite perfect for it because um, people probably don't know this, but EMDR doesn't necessarily uh, require you to get into divulging too much about what happened to you. Whereas if we think about talk therapy, we think about, okay, I've really got to get into this. I'm not really ready to revisit it. Right. So I feel like I might relive it. And that's really scary. EMDR doesn't require that at all. So it can be quite suitable for the virtual space. Mm -hmm. Which is amazing. What mm. are maybe one or two things yes. that you love seeing or experiencing with your clients as you're going through the process of counseling with them and seeing, you know, maybe them grow or change or what are a couple of things that you love experiencing with your clients through therapy? Hmm. Huh. I like when people get to the other side of whatever they were struggling with initially. And they have that kind of like aha moment where it's like, wow, okay, 
like I can do that. I can do this. I do have the skills. Yeah. Like they start to actually believe in themselves and then, you know, actually kind of believe in the future really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I find that so, so exciting. Like that moment where it switches from holy crap, you know, I'm, I'm carrying around this, this really heavy weight, this burden from what has happened to me and, or whatever it is that I'm struggling with. And I don't have to anymore. I just don't have to. It's such a cool experience. Yeah. And seeing the growth. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that as well. What would be maybe an encouragement or a word of wisdom or like something that you would Mm -hmm. just want to say to somebody who is thinking about coming to therapy um, that, that may have had bad experience before, or that's just scared to give it a try. Like, what would you, what would you say to them? Hmm. You know, I would say that the very first step is the scariest. And everything after that is significantly easier. Mm -hmm. Right? Because it's that fear of the unknown. Yes. Right? It's the fear of so many, so many things that are unknown, right? Like not just what you want to work on, but hmm, like what is this process like? Who is this person that I'm going to meet? Am I going to like them? You know, what's this all going to be about? We think we, we, I think as humans, we tend to think of every little detail, right? Like, am I going to like this? Am I, am I going to drive with them? I don't want to, I don't want to have to divulge things, right? So it's, mm-hmm. we, we put a lot of energy out in preparation for that first moment. And after that first moment is over with, well, the rest is just easier. So if yeah. we can get there and get through it, then that's really all we need to do. Yeah. And the great thing is, is that when people connect with you, you offer a free 30 minute call to get people started. You'll guide yep. them through that process and, and talk them through yes. and ask the questions if they're uncertain. So they don't need to worry about coming with too much preparation because you're going to guide them through that even very first initial phone call. That is 100% true. You can honestly, you can say, hi, I have no idea why we're having this call. I have no idea what, what we're going to talk about. I honestly just don't know. That's fine. That is totally fine. I can help with that. (laughs) We, We can figure it out together. And yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're kind of that person that's like, yeah, you know, I've always wanted to do this. I feel like I need to do this or, or I just want to have that extra type of support in my life. But truly I have no idea what I would even say to a therapist. That's okay. Mm -hmm. That is completely okay. Absolutely. Okay. We like a little bit of fun. So what would you prefer? Coffee or tea? Coffee all the way hands down (laughs) like coffee and coffee products I will drink it all day long eat it all day long well I shouldn't say that because 
I don't want to be up all night and (laughs) (laughs) caffeine is real. It keeps you up. So yes. Well, apparently it doesn't keep everybody up. So I'm suspicious of them, but (laughs) I'm always curious about those people because totally, I don't know. It would keep me up. So, but yeah, definitely coffee. Okay. Sweet or salty? Sweet or salty? Absolutely sweet. Okay. Yes. Beach or snow? Oh, it's going to have to be beach. <laughs> it's definitely, you know, it's really about the sun for me. It mm-hmm. It's really about the sun and the warmth over the sand and the water. I just, I mean, it, if I could be warm with sun and have, have snow, then I could do that too. But, awesome. <laughs> but that's not as perfect well Nicole thank you so much for being here with me today I really appreciate it I will link your booking details and where to find you on the show notes for today and I really appreciate you being here thank you great thanks for having me thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to your fiercely fabulous life podcast please be sure to share with any woman in your life that needs more. Have a great day and see you soon.